Hi! A pleasant day to you wherever in the world you are. I am Grace, a counsel by profession and now have transitioned into land banking investment which affords me some time to build this channel with Arc Research. It showcases information and shares knowledge which could probably be of help to your legal concerns. You do not have to go through endless searches or seek expensive legal advice to solve some legal issues happening to you or near you as you can pick up the essential details from this channel if related to your legal concerns. This art research is composed of segments. First is the legal stories from the decisions of the Philippine Supreme Court and also from the U.S. Supreme Court in the coming months. You can apply this jurisprudence when your legal situation is similar to the case story mentioned. Second, bits of wisdom from popular authors that you can use in your conversations to make your association more interesting without having to read several books in their entirety. Third, we have lost summaries of important and often used laws in the Philippines and in other parts of the world, so you need not read very thick and technical law provisions. Fourth, we also have natural remedies backed up by science so you can afford good health without breaking your bank account. And fifth, special interest and study for your holistic empowerment and happiness. Right now, you are in legal stories segment. These are stories found in the Supreme Court library but digested for your understanding. They are narrated for you to be able to do other things while listening. Sometimes this channel provides a comprehensive summary, but for a complete jurisprudence, you may Google the GR number provided in each story. However, if you are still confused, you may email me at wizrg at gmail.com and when I have free time, I will reply. Please understand though that my reply would be brief as my active work needs my attention. Now for this episode. From the Philippine Supreme Court, Legal Story Season 1, Episode 11, Part 8, Collection of Your Data by Law Enforcers. Are law enforcers authorized by the Cybercrime Prevention Act to have your real-time messages and other contents opened and use them as evidence against you? Was this provision declared constitutional by the highest court? and therefore made law enforcers able to pry open your private activities online? When you are invited for questioning, are law enforcers allowed to order you to open your cell phone, read and copy your documentary files and images? Bear with me as the narration as much as possible must be free from any opinion, but if there are too technical for you, my notes shall explain it all. The questions will be answered by the Supreme Court unbanked case under the cover of GR number 203335, decided February 18, 2014. As a continuation of the previous episode, this 15 consolidated petitions seeking to declare several provisions of Republic Act 10175, the Cybercrime Prevention Act of 2012, unconstitutional and void. Facts of the case. Petitioners claim that the means adopted by the cybercrime law for regulating undesirable cyberspace activities 
violates certain of their constitutional rights. The government, of course, asserts that the law merely seeks to reasonably put order into cyberspace activities, punish wrongdoings, and prevent hurtful attacks on the system. Petitioners challenge the constitutionality of the following provisions of the cybercrime law that regard certain acts as crimes and impose penalties for their commission, as well as provisions that would enable the government to track down and penalize violators. One of the provisions challenged by the petitioners is that on collection of data associated with specified communications, which states under Section 12 of the Cybercrime Law, that law enforcement authorities with due cause shall be authorized to collect or record by technical or electronic means traffic data in real time associated with specified communications transmitted by means of a computer system. Traffic data refer only to the communications origin, destination, route, time, date, size, duration, or type of underlying service, but not content, not content, nor identities. All other data to be collected or seized or disclosed will require a court warrant. Service providers are required to cooperate and assist law enforcement authorities in the collection or recording of the above stated information. Petitioners assail the grant to law enforcement agencies of the power to collect or record traffic data in real time as tending to curtail civil liberties or provide opportunities for official abuse. They claim that data showing where digital messages come from, what kind they are, and where they are destined would not be incriminating to their senders or recipients before they are to be protected. Petitioners invoke the right of every individual to privacy and to be protected from governance snooping into messages or information that they send to one another. Now, what is the main issue here? It is whether or not collection of people's data violate one's constitutional right to privacy. Now, what is the ruling of the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court states, Undoubtedly, the state has a compelling interest in enacting the cybercrime law, for there is a need to put order to the tremendous activities in cyberspace for public good. To do this, it is within the realm of reason that the government should be able to monitor traffic data to enhance its ability to combat all sorts of cybercrimes. Chapter 4 of the Cybercrime Law, of which the collection or recording of data is a part, aims to provide law enforcement authorities with the proper, with the power they need for spotting, preventing, and investigating crimes committed in cyberspace. Crime fight, fighting is a state business. Indeed, as Chief Justice Rena points out, the Budapest Convention on Cybercrimes requires signatory countries to adopt legislative measures to empower state authorities to collect or record traffic data in real time associated with specified communications. And this is precisely what Section 12 does. It empowers law enforcement agencies in this country to collect or record such data.
So what is the problem? Petitioners, of course, point out that the provisions of Section 12 are too broad and do not provide ample safeguards against crossing legal boundaries and invading people's right to privacy. The Supreme Court states that since the validity of the cybercrime law is being challenged not in relation to its application to a particular person or group, the expectation of privacy is to be measured from the general public's point of view. Without reasonable expectation of privacy, the right to it would have no basis in fact. It is like transmitting um, communications is akin to putting a letter in an envelope, properly addressed, sealing it closed, and sending it through the postal service. Those supposed letters have no expectations that no one will read the information appearing outside the envelope. The difference is that traffic data sent through the internet at times across the ocean do not disclose the actual names and addresses of the sender and recipient, only their coded internet protocol addresses. The packets travel from one computer system to another where the contents are pieced back together. Section 12 does not permit law enforcement authorities to look into the contents of the messages and, and uncover the identities of the sender and the recipient. In much the same way, ICT users must know that they cannot communicate or exchange data with one another over cyberspace except through some service providers to whom they must submit certain traffic data that are needed for a successful cyberspace communication. The conveyance of this data takes them out of the private sphere, making the expectation to privacy in regard to them as an expectation that society is not prepared to recognize as reasonable. The court, however, agrees with Justice Carpio and Brion that when seemingly random bits of traffic data are gathered in bulk, pulled together and analyzed, they reveal patterns of activities which can then be used to create profiles of the persons under surveillance. With enough traffic data, analysts may be able to determine a person's close associations religious views, political affiliations, even sexual preferences. Such information is likely beyond what the public may expect to be disclosed and clearly falls within matters protected by the right to privacy. But has the procedure that Section 12 of the law provides been drawn narrowly enough to protect individual rights? Section 12 empowers law enforcement authorities with due cause to collect or record the technical or by technical or electronic means traffic data in real time. Petitioners point out that the phrase due cause has no precedent in law or jurisprudence and that where there is due cause or not is left to the discretion of the police. But the cybercrime law dealing with a novel situation fails to hint at the meaning it intends for the phrase due cause. The Solicitor General suggests that due cause should mean just reason or motive and adherence to a lawful procedure, but the court cannot draw the meaning since Section 12 does not even bother to relate 
the collection of data to the probable commission of a particular crime. It just says, with due cause, thus justifying a general gathering of data. It is akin to the use of a general warrant that the Constitution prohibits. The authority that Section 12 gives law enforcement agencies is too sweeping and lacks restraint. While it says that traffic data collection should not disclose identities or content data, such restraint is but an illusion. Admittedly, nothing can prevent law enforcement agencies holding this data in their hands and from looking into the identity of their sender or receiver and what the data contains. This will unnecessarily expose the citizenry to leaked information or, worse, to extortion from certain bad elements of these agencies. The power is virtually limitless, enabling law enforcement authorities to engage in fishing expedition, choosing whatever specified communication they want. This evidently threatens the right of individuals to privacy. The Solicitor General is honest enough to admit that Section 12 provides minimal protection to Internet users and that the procedure envisioned by the law could be better served by providing for more robust safeguards. His bare assurance that law enforcement authorities will not abuse the provisions of Section 12 is, of course, not enough. All the forces of a technological age operate to narrow the area of privacy and facilitate intrusions into it. In modern times, and in modern terms, the capacity to maintain and support this enclave of private life marks the difference between a democratic and a totalitarian society. The court must ensure that laws seeking to take advantage of these technologies be written with specificity and definiteness as to ensure respect for the rights of the that the Constitution guarantees. Therefore, this provision is void and unconstitutional. Section 12 is being struck down. Narration adjourned. Now, these are my notes. Even if this intrusion into the real-time data and messages and private contents is declared unconstitutional, it is still safer not to put your very private contents online that can be opened or intercepted. I mean, the, the things that you will be ashamed of. But sometimes people in long-distance relationships can slip and their very private communication goes through the internet. In many cases worldwide, it is not really the law enforcers who become the problem, but the other person with whom a man or a woman communicates private sexual contents. This has been used later on to blackmail the other person. There have been many teenagers who were subjected to this and who committed suicide. This is very sad because most of us have become too trusting. Also, since our country is a signatory to the Budapest Convention mentioned in the narration, this means that almost all the provisions in this multilateral agreement was adopted by our country to be a part of our own laws. Now, what does it mean if our own constitutional rights will be so much affected like the right to our privacy? 
well, as you have heard, our Supreme Court declared the provision in Section 12 unconstitutional. Therefore, this part of the agreement will not be applicable to our citizens and those aliens who are here. Meaning, the law enforcers can pry open into your cell phones and gadgets to get inside your social media messages, etc. Even if you're, you were arrested for a crime, they will need a specific warrant for that. Usually, the, pro, the police will ask you nicely, and if your answer made them suspicious that you are hiding something, they will secure a specific warrant. By that time, you are able to erase your incriminating messages. They still have an option to go to your service provider, but they still need to file the case, the case first or secure a court order. If they are lazy, they won't. Also, if they are lazy, the six-month time within which your messages stays at your service provider might have been erased. I hope this case's narration and my notes have helped you in some way. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button and let's learn together. The neatest thing about it is that you can learn while you work, clean the house, go gardening, or drive to work or places, and as you go to sleep. There's no need to watch me as this is not a fashion channel. And your ears can immediately send it to your subconscious mind and you will remember it faster. And if you like the contents, Please share it with your friends and advise them to subscribe as this channel shall feature jurisprudence and other laws which might be applicable to your case or to their case. See you! Ciao!